Blog Talk Radio. everybody welcome to a special edition of sports of the legend along with my co-host macaulay matthew i'm of course William Ramo. what's up mac how you doing hey man how's it going i'm doing good man i'm glad to to be doing this show with you as always man thanks for coming along yeah glad to be here as usual all right thank you 
And thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for checking out this episode. On uh, today's episode, we're going to talk about, as you could tell from the title, we're going to talk about um, Undertaker's last ride, his final farewell um, as an active wrestler um, at tomorrow night's uh, Survivor Series, the 30-year anniversary of his debut in the WWE. Uh, We're going to talk about that. We're going to, of course, preview the Survivor Series pay-per-view event at the end of the show today. Um, You know, we're going to talk about the ladies in in MLB, you know, know, with the Mets, the the Yankees, um, and, you know, their rumors with Lindor. um, You know, talk about, you know, the, the Giants and the Jets, as they try to finish off, uh, you know, a tough season. And, you know, of course, um, talk about what else is going on in, you know, the world of sports. But, of course, you know, the number is uh, 563-999-3529. That's 563-999-3529. Feel free to talk about any of these topics and more. We'd love to hear from you. But before we, before we, you know, we, we talk about the Undertaker's, uh, you know, legacy and, you know, what we expect to happen tomorrow night. Yeah, we're going to tip off the show with NBA. And, uh, you know, NBA has been in the forefront, you know, this week. You know, we had the NBA draft. Uh, we also have free agency that went went down uh starting uh I think Friday night. So, you know, uh, NBA has been in the news, but before we get into the free free agency frenzy that um has happened, you know, in uh the National Basketball Association, yeah, let's talk about this draft. Um and um you know, for for a Knicks uh perspective, um you know, th- there was rumors that they were going to go after uh, Halliburton, you know, with the eighth pick. But instead, you know, the Knicks drafted Obi Toppin, the guy who uh, reportedly they were, they thought would have, you know, dropped, you know, would have been picked, you know, in the top five. But he was able to drop, you know, for them. And, um, you know, my thoughts, you know, I thought like, you know, Initially, I thought they were gonna they were gonna pick Halliburton, you know, because the Knicks are in desperate need of you know any good players, especially a point guard, especially a point guard, because you know the Knicks, you know they they've been searching for a point guard, you know, for like twenty years, you know they've you know rarely had you know a good point guard or you know like a you know a star point guard. I mean, obviously they. You know, they had Mark Jackson in the beginning and the end of his career. Um, you know, they had uh, Jason Kidd that one year. But they never had, like, a Hall of Fame-type point guard that they could rely on. So I thought they were going to, you know, make the, you know, make make the decision and, and get Halliburton. Get a, you know, a you know, good point guard who could score, who who, ba- who basically would answer all their stuff, but... You know they they drafted Toppin and you know I think you know he he should change his name to 
to Obi-Wan Toppin because, you know, he's our only hope right now. You know, this guy, he's, he's going to be exciting, you know, in the garden. You know, he's going to dunk. Um, you know, he's going to be like, he's going to be like Blake Griffin, basically. He's going to just, you know, it's going to be Lob City in, in New York. You know, you're going to have, you know, um, people just alley-ooping it to, to, to Toppin. I mean, I think this guy, um, I think dunk over like 107 times, you know. So, I mean, this, this guy has, you know, the, the swagger, he has the ability, you know, he's, he's like, I guess, like I was saying, he's like Blake Griffin or Amari Stoudemire, who was the last guy, you know, who probably, who who wanted to be a Nick. And why do I say that? Because this guy's a Brooklyn born guy. When he found out that he got drafted to the Knicks, you know, he cried. And yes, someone coming to the Knicks in the last 20 years, people cry. But it's usually, you know, tears of anguish. But mm-hmm. this guy legit cried, had tears of joy. This guy wanted to be here. It was like, it was like he took a time machine to the '90s, man. This guy literally wanted to be here. And you know what I'm saying? Like, that's it's only in draft night when you have players, you know, talented players say they want to come to the to the, to the Knicks. There's no superstar player who wants to come here. You know what I'm saying? So, like we've been saying on this show, you know, since since the show debuted in 2009, and trust me, nothing has changed with the Knicks. I mean, to their credit, there is hope. You know, they, they Leon Rose, you know, hired a lot of good people around him. You know, Perrin, Payne, you know, they, they got a lot of people who, you know, in, in their expertise in drafting and player development. So, you know, there there is some, for the first time since Donnie Walsh was the GM and, and Mike Woodson was the head coach, there's actually some legit signs for, um, you know, to see that, you know, Knicks are moving in the right direction. So, you know, um, Obi Toppin, he, he got that, you know, he we got him. And then afterwards, the Knicks did a bunch of flurry of trades, man. I mean, he must have thought he was on, on let's make a deal because he he just kept trading the pick. It was like it was like I think twenty ninth, then it went to twenty seven, twenty five, twenty three. I mean, yeah. it was just bouncing around. It might have been at one point thirty three, and then it, it was, he just made a bunch of trades. And ultimately, you know, we came up with with drafting Emmanuel quickly, uh, quickly who quickly, you know, has the potential, you know, to be a, you know, a, a point guard, you know, with us, you know, once he develops into the type of player he can be, you know, he played in Kentucky, which his former head coach, Calipari, uh, you know, confirmed it on, you know, live on the air on draft night that, um, that he's, he's going to get traded to the Knicks. So that, you know, that and in this draft, you know, the Knicks, they, you know, they, they got some two potential guys, you know, um, guys who look like they really want to be here, guys who have, you know, potential, you know, guys who, who play well, um, you know, in, 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 in uh, college, um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, pre-pandemic, you know, pandemic, of course. And these guys want to be here. And then you pair them up with uh, R.J. Barrett, um, you know, and, and Mitchell Robinson, and if uh, Kevin Knox stays here, um, you know, you got a you got a good young nucleus. So, I mean, w- what's your thoughts on uh, you know 
the 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 Knicks and the the draft night overall. Well, I mean, the Knicks, I I think they did pretty good, you know, for for for, for the draft. Uh, they got Obi Toppin. I mean, this guy looks like he could be like the next Mari Stoudemire or Blake mm-hmm. Griffin or. He kind of actually reminds me of Kenny Martin a bit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another really good analogy. Physique, he can dunk, he can jump, you know? So I think he's going to be a very good player. But, you know, we need a point guard who can feed him the ball and, you know, throw him the, those alley-oops. So, you know, hopefully, you know, we can find a guy, you know, to, to you know, help him develop as a player. Um, so I like that pick. Um, I also like... Um, the what's his name Qu- quickly mm-hmm. um that uh, i think he 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 could be a very good player for the Knicks. um you know he's another uh kentucky guy so kentucky right kentucky guy so i think he he has the potential to be very good but yeah i think overall the Knicks did a good job you know they're just those trade with the exception of um, trading that pick to um, the, uh, who was it? The the Thunder? oh yeah, that center, that center dude. Uh, I I think yeah. he was an African. Yeah, the Clippers. They sent him uh, Daniel Oturbo. They sent him to Clippers. You know, they had a third deep and then they just gave it away for, for twenty nine. So it, it, you might as well just well have kept your twenty seventh pick, or was it the twenty seventh or the twenty fifth pick? Whatever it was, I don't get that. I don't get what the Knicks were trying to do there, but. Um, yeah. Oh well. Yeah, I found out. Um, because I think they they I think they traded him and they traded um, I think that's the the was the Spanish the 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 um Ar- Argentinian guy. I think he got traded in the quickly trade, right? The uh, Argentinian guy they briefly drafted. Because I think it was him. Oh yeah, yeah, he got traded. Away. Yeah, yeah, he got traded. Yeah, away. yeah. Right. So the the, the the African yeah. dude, the African dude you were talking about who who was drafted um thirty third. Uh, Daniel Oturu, I think he got traded for the twenty for a pick, for a pick in the t- the two thousand and twenty three draft. Right. And yeah, I was wondering, I was scratching my head too. I'm like, why the twenty third draft? Why not this draft? Well, from what I've heard, in two thousand and twenty three will be the first year where um, high school students can be um, eligible to get drafted. Oh, nice. So, so that's why. That's why the Knicks are so hell-bent on uh, getting picks for 2023. Oh, that's good. I mean, high school players used to be drafted all the time back in the day till that rule where they said, oh, you got to be at least 19 years old or mm-hmm. something, you know? Yeah, because mm-hmm. of LeBron James, you know, they didn't yeah, want Yeah, guys, you know, like Kevin Garnett, Kobe, they were drafted mm-hmm. right out of high school. Right, right, you know? right. So. Well, it's good. It's good that good to know that they're going back to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. because people, people, you know, they need choices. You know, some people, you know, like they're in tough, you know, tough situations. They, you know, they can't wait for like to 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 spend a year in in college. You know, they they wanna they wanna have the option of whether they wanna enjoy spending a year or four years in college or, you know, they feel like money is their priority so they want to get a, a deal locked up and not risk themselves getting injured playing a year or so in, in college so right you know it's all about um you know options right or if they, they can't make an nba they always have the d league so. exactly 
And that's why that's why the um you know the 2023, you know it's like if you draft a high school player, it's basically you know the D league is gonna be like the like the minor league as it was intended. You know you you can let a guy grow in the minor league for years until he's seasoned, and then you could call him up. Yeah, yeah. You know. But yeah, um, yeah. Basically, you know, in the draft, uh, uh, you know. Anthony Edwards was drafted number one by the Timberwolves. Uh, James Wiseman, uh, you know, Golden State Warriors, which uh, unfortunately they had a bad break with, uh, you know, Clay Thompson because, you know, when he was on his way to try to come back and recover, he re-injured himself, and now he's gone for the rest of the year again. So, you know, it's just a terrible thing. Yeah, I saw that uh, the other day. I mean, that's pretty much – yeah, that, that's not good because they were looking forward to having him, Steph Curry, and, you know, some of the other young players they drafted. So now you have to wait another year for him to come back. Uh-huh. Yeah, man, this might, he might be injury prone right now. I mean, this might be the the beginning of the end for him. You know, missing two years in a row, I mean, that's yeah. really scary. Well, a full, hopefully a full, full speedy recovery. We'll see. And then third – LaMelo Ball, who, you know, who was rumored to be going to the Knicks, you know, um, obviously if they would have got one of the top three picks, um, you know, he went to Charlotte Hornet where, you know, you know, who who knows, Michael, Michael Jordan might have a chance to finally play one-on-one against uh, LaVar Ball because LaVar Ball was saying he's been in Jordan. So who knows, they might play a, a game of horse to see who's the vet, who's the, the best of the two. Yeah, after all these years, yep. <laughs> yep, who knows, we'll see. Um, and speaking of Jordan's former team, the Bulls, they drafted Patrick Williams uh, with the fourth pick. Fifth pick, Isaac Okuru, um, was drafted by the Cavaliers, which, um, you know, everybody thought, um, uh, I'm trying to remember our, our player again, uh, so, what was his name again? Oh my God! How can I forget his name so quickly? Um, darn! What was the, the the number one guy? The, the guy we drafted first. I'm trying. To, can't believe I forgot his name. Toppin. There you go. Oh yeah. I even got a chance to read it. It popped in my head. Um, yeah, Toppin. Every a bunch. The experts were expecting him to go on. The, you know, get picked in the top five. Um, Atlanta Hawks. Uh, they draft. Um, Okia. Okongu. Yeah, well, forgive me if, he, if I say the name wrong. Um, number seven, uh, Killian Hayes. That was a guy who 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 was definitely him. You know, he was definitely rumored to be coming to the Knicks. You know, the French combo guard. Uh, the Pistons drafted him for uh, you know in the seventh pick. Eighth, you know, obviously Obi Toppin. Uh, ninth um, is the um, the 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 Israeli. Uh, um, small forward slash uh, shooting guard Denny Adja. I, I don't know how you pronounce his name. Um, <laughs> you know, and then ten to to wrap it up is uh, Jalen Smith. Uh, you know, with the Phoenix Suns, who obviously made a blockbuster deal just a few days ago, acquiring uh, Chris Paul. You know, what's your what's your thoughts? I think that's a good trade. You know, there's been a lot of uh, trades you've been hearing uh, and a lot of signings too. I think that's going to be good for them. Um, you also had some uh, 
you some uh, signings with Van Fleet, uh, staying mm. with Toronto, signing that big contract with them. Mm-hmm. You hear trade rumors now of uh, Rockets possibly trading away Harden and Westbrook. Or Westbrook, you know. Mm-hmm. So you have a lot of activity right now going on in the NBA. Oh yeah. Fortunately for us, we're not we're, we're the only team that's not really making any noise. I mean, the only good thing we're doing is that. You know, we're signing up, you know, players to one-year deals. And, you know, we're not taking much off the, 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 the cap. So we have, we have, we still have wiggle room to make a possible Westbrook trade or, or wall trade or, or hold on to this um, app uh, flexibility that we haven't had, you know, I mean, in a long time, except for the past couple of years, you yeah. know. So hold on to that. Uh, yeah, we we re-signed, um, uh, you know, Peyton. Um, we we signed um, Narlene Noel, you know, who who should help us out, you know, um, you know, you know, get giving us a defensive presence. Um, you know, that's another dude who who played in Kentucky. Um, yeah, Knicks are starting to be the New York the new the New York Wildcats right here. You know, yeah, a lot of Kentucky players. Yeah, Randall, Knox, Quickly, who's here now, and of course Payne, uh, the 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 um, assistant coach. I mean, yeah, I mean, well, hey. just uh, yeah, use uh, Kentucky as a recruiting farm. You know, hey, the, that's fine with me. A minor league. You know, yeah, that 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 program is you know they're they're battle tested you know in college so. And that could be our unofficial minor minor league, our triple A team. Hey, I'm I'm all for it. Keep <laughs> keep it coming. Shoot, <laughs> we need all the help we can get. So, <laughs> yep. that's good. I mean, help isn't on the way because you know a bunch of people were thinking Carmelo is gonna come back. And to be honest with you, you know I got love for Melo. You know he's you know one a future Hall of Famer. Um, you know obviously a, a local guy even though I think he grew up in Baltimore as well. Born in Brooklyn, grew up in, uh, I think, Baltimore. My memory serves me right. But, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think it was – I didn't think he, he should have came back here. I don't think he had a desire to just retire, you know, it, it, as a Nick. I really honestly didn't see there was a fit for him to come back because this guy, you know, he's – you know, he wants to get a championship. You know, he's, he's hell-bent on trying to get a championship, as he should. So you know, let him get, let him get his title. You know, let him, let him chase the title. Who well, knows how many right now? I mean, I don't no, know no, no, that's he, actually true. Uh, well, the rumor is is that he's close to signing uh with with the 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 signing back with Portland. If oh, not okay. he, if not he already signed already. I think he might have officially signed with them already. Okay. But yeah, he he's he's back he's back with Portland. Um. Basically, uh, we we lost some. Players, uh, Wooten, um, Portis, Alfred Payton, yeah. No, no, Payton, Payton resigned with us. Oh, he did. Oh, yeah, he he resigned with us earlier today. One year, five million. That's weird. You got rid of him and then you resign him again. That's weird. yeah. To I guess for a lower money. Oh. You know they they signed him for a lesser money. So yeah, Payton resigns. Uh, Carmelo resigns with Portland. Um, 
Van, Van Vliet, like you said, he, he resigned with Toronto. That was like yeah. the number one guy Knicks was after, uh, other than Hayward, who um, he he signed with, uh, I'm trying to remember what team he signed with. Um, he signed with Charlotte Hornets, a four-year, $120 million contract. Contract. So he, he's going to be... Uh, He's gonna be playing for Jordan and Lamelo Ball. Um, yeah, Van Vliet he returns to Toronto, signed a four-year, eighty-five million dollar contract. Yeah, man. So a lot of you know a lot of uh, teams are making moves in this uh, you know in this um, you know obviously this this and uh, NBA free agency so. Yeah, let's you know, Knicks gotta just keep doing what they're doing. Um, sign some veterans on the cheap, and um, you know, just focus on their 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 um salary cap flexibility. Cause uh, like we've been saying for years, nobody's coming here, so let's not waste the money on on mediocre at best players and and overspend for them. So. Yeah, definitely. Keep doing what we're doing. Well, hey, you know, I, I like the way uh, look what what they're doing. You know, they had a good draft, mm-hmm. trying to develop the young players, not mm-hmm. spending their money on you know these uh, some of these free agents like uh, Gordon Hayward, you know, mm-hmm. who I didn't think we needed. Yeah, so. I didn't think so either. I mean, he's a good player, but you know, I, we we need a we need a, like a like a, a surefire bona fide guy, especially a, a beast. A uh, power, uh, you know, a point guard type of a dude. You know, we yeah. we don't need we don't need a, you know. We don't need a we need we definitely need a guy who could score, and play point guard, because it's better we just develop, develop you know. You know we develop a you know what I'm saying we develop develop a a player of our own like that, if right. we're not getting a a guy who's a who's already like, a guy who's proven to be. You know, a leader that we need. You know, we need to we need to spend we need to spend the money on a on a superstar player, not a a star player. Yeah, agreed. You know, Cause I'm tired of overspending for these for for these these type of players. So, you know, it is what it is. But um, yeah, shifting gears. Um, yeah, you know what, let's, let's do something before, you know, um, let me think. Yeah, let, let, let's talk about, uh, MLB, um, Robinson Cano, man. Don't you know, don't you know he ended his career? Like, well, I mean, what, what was this dude thinking? Yeah, not, not very smart. Not very smart at all. I think he listened to the take me out to the ball game a little bit too many times. Because he he thinks two three strikes you're out in in the all ball game. Not anymore. Not when you caught for steroid twice. You are he's out, man. This dude, this, if Brody Van Wagen foolishly traded for him, um, after he was caught suspended, he played fifty games after being suspended. Then, then you know they make they make a horrible trade. Why is it horrible? Because. Not only was Cano caught suspended, you know, don't you know? They 
they trade their best prospect. They trade their best prospect in Jai Kalinick for uh, aging, aging second baseman, which Lord knows they've had a horrible history with second baseman, aging second baseman, Alomar, um, Barriega, Juan Samuel. The list goes on and on and on and on and on. If you're going to take a chance on that guy, a guy like that, you know he, Brody Van Wagenen had to have known if he had experience because he was always an agent, you know, a, base, a baseball agent, you know, um, prior to taking this job. He would have known that they were, they were desperate. Seattle Mariners were desperate. We could have fleeced them. We, we could have fleeced them without giving up Kalenic. As a matter of fact, they were so desperate to get rid of Cano's contract, five-year, um, hundred or whatever million-dollar contract. I, I don't even remember the amount. All all they had to do was was, was take the contract back. Shoot, they were even given Edwin Diaz, who was their all-star closer at the time, who saved like what fifty-seven saves prior year before we we got him, but no. Brody Van Wagen was so hell bent to make a splash that he made that he had to give up the future in Kalenic. And the Mets are gonna are 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 gonna are gonna feel that. So that that guy's gonna be an all star. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the the whole Robert Cano thing, I mean, dude has to be smarter than that. I mean, taking a drug that's banned then you know that's gonna show up. Uh, when you're being tested, I mean, you, you should know. You should be smarter than that. You know it's going to come up negative. I mean, what, mm. what do you think? What do you think is going to happen when you take it? You think uh, it miraculously is not going to show up in your system when they when they test you? I don't know what he was thinking. What was the logic behind that? You know. Well, and, safe and it was oh. a diuretic, right? I think it was a banned diuretic to like flush out so. like any other performance enhancing drug he may have taken. And it's safe to say that he he's he's not going to the Hall of Fame. Whatever suspicions he you had of him, you know, you know before he got caught, then he got caught the first time. You thought I personally thought he was smart enough not to do it again, because the spotlight would have been on him for him getting caught the first time. Would he have done it a second time? I I didn't think he was gonna do it again, or at least for extremely 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 long time years from now. When the when the heat isn't off him, so I mean right now it shows that Robinson Cano wasn't wasn't this wasn't this great play as we thought he was this whole time because for all we know even when he was with the Yankees he could have been doing it we don't know it's possible we don't know I mean it's it's it seems it's a waste it seems of like well, it seems like when these guys go to Seattle they start taking steroids <laughs> for some reason <laughs> for real if you don't believe him actually wrong. I mean, come on. I mean, I mean, I mean, it, it really that was just a waste of time. This guy's like five hundred. This guy was like five hundred hits away from like three thousand, and now it doesn't even mean anything. Yeah. It's like Barry Bonds, you know, breaking um, Maris's record, having like seventy three home runs. Um, you know, obviously the 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 overall home run record. Um, you know, Hank Aaron. 
And then, I mean, it's just, it's just a joke. It's, it's just an utter, utter joke. It's a joke. Like yeah. I don't, I don't even know what to say. I don't know. You know, maybe. Uh, well, he's he's suspended for a year, right? Yeah, he's suspended for a whole year. And if you ask me, he that's a, that this year was the last game he played as a Met. Yeah, I think so. If if Wilpon the Wilpons would have stayed, oh, you know he's coming back. You know he you know he definitely came back. He would have definitely got the 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 two year. Fifty million dollar contract that that's owed to him after you know this you know after twenty twenty one, so it, it's a blessing in disguise to be honest with you. Yeah. You know. Well. It. So. Learn his lesson. Yeah, Cohen is going to use that money. Cohen is going to use that money to 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 go after another player. Hopefully it's Bauer. Hopefully it's uh, uh Springer. You know, I would love to have Morton as you know as the fifth starter. You you would slide Dave uh, David Peterson, who, who had a very good rookie year, you know, into the pen, you know, and um, you know, hope, hopefully Rio Muto. But um, obviously, you most likely can't get all of them. So you know, we we have to see what they're gonna do. And uh, yeah, this week there's been a bunch of rumors of. People thinking that, you know, LeMahieu is going to come to the Mets and all that stuff. And I, I just don't see it, you know. The Mets, the Yankees are going to do everything they can to hold on to him. And, I mean, we have, we have um, uh, you know, uh, McNeil. We could just slide him to second. I mean, we have Jimenez. You know, we could put him at third. Um, I mean, that's if he doesn't, if he's not trading in a, you know, rumored Lindor trade because obviously, you know, both New York teams are, you know, chasing after Francisco Lindor because he has one year left on his contract before he enters, uh, potentially enters into free agency. Uh, there's a rumor for the Mets uh, that Mets, you know, they would try to trade Nemo or Davis or Jimenez or Rosario um, or um, Scasputzi or um, Wolf to get to to try to get um you know to get Lindor obviously there's you know there's rumors um because you know Mets are going to have to give up a lot to try to go after him and then of course you know the Yankees they're going to be trying to trade him as well so yeah we'll see what happens with that well yeah it's going to be also a busy uh off season you know for baseball as well a lot of guys might be moving to different places, but I, I think uh, the Yankees' number one priority right now is bringing back DJ LeMayhew, my cousin. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the number one priority, and then you could focus on maybe going after guys like Bauer or uh, Rio Muto, you know, so you know, we'll see. Absolutely. And shifting gears from one of your favorite teams to another, Um the Giants, man, they, you know, they they got a nice victory against the the Eagles in the Meadowlands, and yeah. now they have the 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 bye week. So, what's your, what's your thoughts? You know, the Giants. On last week's show, I said the Giants. They played well in some of these games. They right now their record is three and seven after they beat the Eagles last week. 
Uh-huh. If you look at some of the games they played, it's been close. They, there's a lot of games they could have won this year. They uh-huh. they could have been at 500 right now or better, you know, if they had just kept, held on to the, some of those leads in those games, you know. But right now they're three and seven, and the Eagles, who are leading the division, are three and five and one. So so right now Giants are what? They're about one game back of, of the Eagles. I mean, this is how bad the NFC East is right now. Giants, mm-hmm. they've been losing games all year, but they're just one game back. So they still have a chance to win this division. And I like that the fact that they're having Daniel Jones use his legs now, you know, using him as a running quarterback. Um, teams don't know how to adjust to that. That's so good. they're, you know, I like that move right now with him. But uh, I feel like he has to throw the ball more. Um Hopefully that doesn't lead to you know mistakes because he ha- he has fumbled the ball uh, a lot this year, so hopefully he can hold on to the ball better. But I like the fact that they're using him um, you know to run more in this offense. But yeah, uh, you know they have a bye, no games, no game uh, tomorrow. But uh, hopefully uh, when they return the next week, you know they could uh, expand this winning winning streak. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely right. And, you know, they're going to try to extend it to uh, three when they battled the the Bengals Sunday. Yep. So, you know, good luck to your to your boys. Yeah. And speaking of bye week, a team who spent their entire season in a bye week is, a, unfortunately, my New York Jets as they come back from a, a literal bye week. You know, and um, they're they're gonna they're gonna try to snap their their losing streak. Um, man, <laughs> um, I don't even know what to say. like. I don't even know what to say. It's just been a, a lost year, man. I mean, they they had a chance to um, defeat the um, the Patriots uh, two weeks ago. And uh, now they're gonna they're gonna try to um, defeat the Chargers, you know, on the road. And um, what can I say, man? They they gotta they gotta find a way to win this game. They have to find a way to win this game because if they don't, man, they're just gonna they're gonna they're gonna be they're gonna they're gonna be winless. I mean, what what, what more can I say? And uh, you know, right now it's not looking good for the Jets to win any games this year. I mean, I know, I know that. I mean, it's, it's messed up. They've to tell you how bad the Jets are this year. They're putting up all-time franchise low numbers. Mm-hmm. They scored. They played nine games. They scored 121 points. That's for an average of 13 points a game. And then See, are that's their opponents, lucky. That's if they're lucky, man. They've averaged 13 points a game. Their opponents have averaged almost 30 points a game. I know. I mean, the uh, offense is horrible, and the defense is even worse. And they have, so, and they have a, and they have a all-time horrible head coach in Adam Gase. Well, the so coach they have is a, probably going to be gone after the season. You know, oh, I with, mean, I hope I, I would assume so. Common sense would tell you that that that's the case. You know, yeah. Black Monday is not doesn't doesn't come you know quick enough for the Jets because they got to they gotta get rid of this head coach. 
yeah, I mean, there's some changes that really have to be made, you know, because yeah, it's right now it's not looking at the Chargers. I mean, the Chargers are not that good either. They're two and seven, but mm-hmm. Chargers they have more talent right now, and they oh, can. Yeah. So, yeah, and the quarterback, you know, he he's a he's a very good quarterback too. He's been playing real well, he, uh, Justin Hebert. Um, so he's gonna look to have a good game against the Jets. But yeah, uh, you know, Jets. They just got turned around, man. If they if they can even turn around, I don't know, but they got to play much better, man, than what they've been doing this whole season. Hopefully, this bye shifts them into another gear. Yeah, man. And they had that game against the Patriots. They yeah, had that, that that's game. The game they could have won. Yeah. And they would have felt so good, for so refreshed coming out of the, the out of the bye week. You know, like okay, we got to win down. You know, win win. You know, in our belt. Yeah, you know, took we 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 momentarily got that stench of losing, you know, off of us. You know, let let's try to, you know, shock the world, stun the the the, the critics. That hey, you know, we could, you know, try to win some more games here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's so bad. People are like, you know, okay, we're doing really well in the the Trevor Lawrence um sweepstakes, but I think we're so bad. We're so bad that he might. He's gonna. He's gonna try to go. He's gonna go back to college. That I honestly think so. I hope I'm wrong, but yeah, because this situation is really bad. We don't. We don't have nothing. We don't have nothing talent-wise for the most part. We we don't even know about Darno, you know, because we don't. He don't have no protection. Yeah, he's being clobbered. I'm actually, I'm actually happy that he, he's, you know, he's not gonna play t- tomorrow because I don't want him to be like a ping pong, you know. At least Flacco's a veteran, you know. He won a Super Bowl, and he played well that that game against the Patriots. So, uh, yeah, I think he threw for three touchdowns and and one inter one costly. Let's underline that costly interception, which cost them the, which you know basically cost them the game, you know, eventually. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I say don't rush him. Don't rush Darnold. You're not protecting him. At least with Flacco, you know, he he's a veteran. You know, he could try to make chicken salad out of this um, chicken crap situation that the, the 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 Jets are going through right now this whole season. So, we'll just see. We'll just see what happens. Um, <laughs> hopefully, they get a W, but. Let's be real here. This is this is a this is a this is the worst season in in franchise history. Yeah, this is the worst. Uh, this might be the Jets' worst season ever. It is. It is the worst season. But um, yeah. Let's shift gears. Let's shift. Let's shift gears of hope. And if we if I can't get hope, you know, with my 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 sports teams. Except for my, you know, my my two beloved uh, teams, as as in the Mets and the Knicks. And you know, if I'm putting Knicks in hope, you know, that means my my, my other teams are not doing that well. So, <laughs> you know, luckily the Mets and the Knicks look like they're they're finally moving in the right direction. Jets, man, not so much. But um, like I was saying, talking about hope. Something that you know could give us hope that hey anything is possible is uh, the the Fresh Prince of Bel Air um, reunion that went down. Oh yeah. And 
And I know you checked it out. And, of course, you know, the highlight of, obviously, the you know, the cast, you know, they all um, reunited with each other. And, you know, obviously they had a, um, a heartbreaking uh, segment where they honored uh, James Avery, you know, obviously the iconic Uncle Phil. You know, they had a, uh, you know, um, they were playing his, clips and reminiscing about what he meant to them and the show and uh basically you know if that was you know that was obviously one of the highlights of um you know the whole reunion and then of course you know the moment that everybody was waiting for to see basically will you know will smith and uh janet huber you know um the original aunt viv finally sitting down and uh, finally burying the hatchet, you know, about Mm -hmm. all the bad blood that led to her exiting the show. And, you know, I thought it was a, you know, a very heartwarming talk to see both of them who, who meant so much to the show, you know, setting aside their differences and actually, you know, being raw and real with each other and, and them finally, seeing each other from a different, you know, from the, from each other's perspective. So, you know, I hope you, you got, in case you guys didn't see it, um, here's a clip of what went down. I was, uh, 21 years old. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Um, I know. Everything was a threat to me. Why was I a threat? Not you, the world. I was so driven by fear and jokes and comedy yeah. and all of that. Yeah, you were, you were live. You yeah. Were, you were live. <laughs> you know. But what you didn't realize either, that I was going to do a lot at home. Mm-hmm. Right. You didn't know. Yep. You guys didn't know. Very abusive marriage. You know, I have children. Yeah. I, I've been uh, divorced and have a second marriage, and I can see now the level of pain and the level of struggle that it was for you just to show up every day. And then. But you took all that away from me mm-hmm. with your words. Mm-hmm. You know, words can kill. Mm-hmm. I lost everything. Reputation, everything, everything. And I understand you were able to move forward, but you know those words, calling a black woman difficult Mm -hmm. in Hollywood is the kiss of death. Mm -hmm. It's the kiss of death, and it's hard enough being a dark-skinned black woman Mm -hmm. in this business. But I felt it was necessary for us to finally move forward. Yeah. And I'm sorry that I have blasted you to pieces. (laughs) Uh, it's, it is um, so, um, first of all, thank you for uh, sharing that with me. Like, I didn't know that when I look back now, it's, you know, it's obvious that you were having a hard time and... I felt like you hated me. I 
I could not do a 30-year celebration of this show and not celebrate you. Celebrate your contribution to this show and celebrate your contribution to my life, you know, and... Tell me you. <laughs> Twenty-seven years, I think. I think we were just short of 27 years that we didn't uh, speak to one another. And I'm just, I'm, I'm glad we're talking again. The person I want to be is someone who protects you, not someone that unleashes dogs on you. And however... I appreciate that. You know, it's... I appreciate that. I have to say, after 27 years, being here today and having the conversation that Will and I had together, it's healing. I was watching the dance episode the other mm. day, and that's become one of the crazy, iconic... Yeah. They send me videos from all over the world. On TikTok mama's right now. Doing it I know. <laughs> I don't know if it's real. I feel like this is a dream. I didn't come here to have animosity. I came here to resolve. Because it's time. You still feel like... Like I'm little? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you still my ambiv. You still my ambiv. <laughs> It's so weird. You know, we've said such mm -hmm. hateful things about each other. Go back. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And I'm sorry, too. We good? We good. We good. We good. <laughs> yeah, that was, a, that was a, such a, a touching, uh, you know, segment. And then, I, and then I, afterwards, you know, they capped it off with, uh, you know, her reuniting with, uh, you know, with the surviving cast. Um, obviously, there was a, a huge um, omission. Obviously, James Avery's absent was felt. You know, um, obviously, the, the, the two Aunt Vivians finally met each other for the first time ever. And... Um, And basically, um, you know, she was able to reunite with everybody, you know, her former cast members, um, except for Alfonso Ribeiro, because, um, you know, uh, according to him, he was doing an interview with Tamron Hall. He said that he had to um, leave and do, you know, um, do a, um, you know, shoot, shoot for his uh, American Most Funniest Home videos. But some people, you know, question his motive and think maybe he's, um, you know, he still hasn't forgiven, uh, you know, Janet for, you know, the stuff she said about him as well. So, I mean, I mean, who knows? If that's the case, then hopefully they will, you know, mend the fences as well. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happened. But, you know, it was a great reunion. You know, they honored 
the past and the legacy of, uh, you know, of the show. So, I mean, it was uh, A plus for me all around. You know, I really enjoyed it. You know, if they didn't have the original Aunt Viv pop up, you know, it that would have been the dark cloud from the, the whole the whole reunion because it would have been like, hmm, you know, like, you know, like her, her whole memory from the show is erased, um, you know. But, I mean, it's good that, you know, they, they honored the entire everybody because everybody played a role in the show throughout the six-year run. So kudos to all of them. Yeah, it was definitely great to see. I'm glad that they were able to make amends with uh, the original Aunt Viv and bring her back, have everyone get together again. But yeah, it was definitely nice to see. Absolutely. Um, yeah, um, I guess um, shifting gears. Um, yeah, let's let's talk about. Uh, the Undertaker, you know, um, he he's gonna be uh, he's gonna return tonight because the clock strike midnight as I'm speaking right now. So Undertaker is gonna be back uh, inside the ring one last time, you know, as technically as an active wrestler, even though he he did retire um, at WrestleMania against Undertaker, or rather not Undertaker against the phenomenal one AJ Styles in the barnyard match, you know. Uh, but he's going to pop up in the same, you know, the same pay-per-view event where he debuted, you know, um, at, at the Survivor Series 30 years ago. The same day they they um, <laughs> debuted that horrible egg. I mean, that horrible egg and revealed that, that the gobbledygooker. But that wasn't the lasting memory of, uh, you know, WWE fans, then, you know, obviously WWF fans at the time. And um, you had a guy who stood the test of times. And in order for him to be arguably the greatest superstar in WWE history, he had to um, he had to adapt and change in, uh, you know, in various different ways. So here's a, here's a, a clip of the evolution of Undertaker. We'll be right back. What's up guys and welcome back to another video and today we have a brand new series. This series is called The Evolution of Dot 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 and those dots represent any wrestler you guys want to see next. We're going to start it off with The Undertaker first, so let's get right into it. The first gimmick he ever had was the Western Mortician and that went from November 1990 all the way through January 1994 and he had an original Western look. He would wear a black overcoat, gray leather gloves, and a Stetson hat. Undertaker would make his debut with this gimmick at Survivor Series in 1990. Originally, his manager was Brother Love. During a segment on the Brother Love show, he paired with Paul Bearer. The Undertaker would go on to win his first WrestleMania match against Jimmy Snuka, which would begin the streak. There were two highlights from this gimmick. The first highlight was when he was a heel and feuding with Hulk Hogan. Undertaker would win the WWF Championship in 1991. The second highlight is his face turn when he saved Miss Elizabeth from Jake Roberts in 1992. Undertaker would introduce a brand new match which was the casket match. Ultimately, the casket match would end his gimmick because he kayfabe died and ascended to the heavens while being inside the casket at Royal Rumble in 1994. 
The next gimmick was the Deadman, and that lasted from August 1994 all the way through October 1996. The Undertaker made his return at SummerSlam in 1994 with an updated attire. Instead of using gray, his leather gloves, tie, and boot covers were now purple. He would return to have a match with the fake Undertaker. Eventually, he would get his revenge on Yokozuna who killed his old gimmick. Around this time, he was forced to wear a gray mask because King Mabel and Yokozuna actually injured him by breaking an orbital bone. In August of 1996, he had a boiler room brawl with Mankind at SummerSlam. This was when Paul Bearer turned on him to align with Mankind. Just a couple of months later, they would have a Buried Alive match at In Your House. Undertaker did go on to win this match, but the Executioner, along with other heels, attacked him after the match. All of them buried him alive, which would put an end to this gimmick. After that, we saw the Lord of Darkness, and that was from November 1996 through December 1998. The Undertaker was reborn and made his return a month later. His entrance was awesome because he came down from the rafters in a black leather attire with bat wings. Although he only wore those bat wings once, he did continue to dress in all black. The Undertaker also had a black teardrop below his right eye. The Lord of Darkness gimmick was during a time where he had supernatural powers such as starting a fire and creating lightning by pointing his finger. What a savage. This would be the same character that The Undertaker used to fight in his first Hell in a Cell and Inferno match. Undertaker did bring out the old Western Mortician attire one last time when he was in a match with Psycho Sid in the main event of WrestleMania 13. They would write off this gimmick by having Kane put The Undertaker in a casting and lighting him on fire. Next up we have the Ministry of Darkness and that lasted for the whole year of 1999. In late 1998, while feuding with Stone Cold Steve Austin and Kane, The Undertaker would mention a Ministry of Evil as well as the Dark Days that would soon take over. This was a hint at the future of The Undertaker being the most demonic he's ever been. Later, he would form his faction known as the Ministry of Darkness. During this time, he would start to use his TX symbol by wearing it on his tights and even crucifying people. After being buried alive at the Rock Bottom pay-per-view in 1998, he would return right before the 1999 Royal Rumble in a black hooded robe with a goatee. The Ministry would continue to run dominance in the WWF as top heels. At one point, he kidnapped Stephanie McMahon and attempted to marry her at a dark wedding. The Undertaker said he was just answering to the higher power, which was later revealed to be the boss Vince McMahon. Shortly after losing the WWF title, The Undertaker would pair Big Show and won the tag team titles at SummerSlam in 1999. However, he tore his groin, which required him to take some time off. To write him off TV, he would refuse to participate in a casket match against Triple H and just kayfabe walked out. Next up, we have the American Badass, and that was from May of 2000 all the way through December of 2001. Undertaker would take off 8 months to heal those injuries. Undertaker made his return at Judgment Day in May 2000. This Undertaker was something we've never seen. This was the American Badass, where he was a biker with a bandana, sunglasses, a jean shirt, and a motorcycle. While he was still one of the most dominant members of the roster, he was viewed as a human. His wife Sarah was brought in, and he spoke as a normal human being rather than his demonic promos. Undertaker would also change his finisher from the Tombstone Piledriver to the Last Ride. After that, we have Big Evil, and that was from January of 2002 through November of 2003. Big Evil was one hell of a shocking heel turn. Undertaker attacked Jim Ross on Raw. The Undertaker now had a new dyed jet black haircut and showed us his bullying attitude. He defeated RVD to win the Hardcore Championship. He would become the WWE Undisputed Champion, where he would end up saying that he will do whatever he wants. 
During his championship run, he would assault superstars who he thought didn't respect him. One example would be rookie Randy Orton while he was still a face. Eventually, Undertaker turned face by showing Jeff Hardy respect. Big Evil would become more of an extension of the American Badass. Undertaker would feud with guys such as Vince McMahon, Big Show, and Brock Lesnar. In 2003, Kane would bury Undertaker alive, which would leave him out of action for a few months. Next up, we have The Phenom from March of 2004 all the way through October of 2010. While Undertaker did experiment with a more human persona, he did return to his old roots. Undertaker made his return at WrestleMania 20 to face off against Kane. This gimmick was a combo of all of his previous gimmicks. He wore his big evil attire with a long leather trench coat and a hat. Paul Bearer would align himself with The Undertaker again, but Undertaker later found him as a weakness so he proceeded to bury him alive. The Undertaker seemed invincible during this time because of his booking. He got destroyed at many occasions, but he would keep coming back. The first time was when him and Randy Orton were feuding with one another. While fighting in a casket match, Randy and his dad burned him inside a casket. Undertaker would be back several months later from a burning casket. Two other great feuds during this time were against Batista and Edge. Undertaker defeated both men at WrestleMania 23 and 24, keeping the streak alive, as well as winning the world title. Vicky Guerrero would later strip Taker out of his title, which continued to feud with Edge. They had a TLC match at One Night Stand. Undertaker would go on to lose, therefore he was banned from the WWE. Undertaker then returned to face Edge in a Hell in a Cell TLC match at SummerSlam, in which he won. Taker would continue to feud with La Familia for the rest of the year. Undertaker had two classic matches at WrestleMania with Shawn Michaels, one of which was Shawn's retirement. Finally, in 2010, Kane and Undertaker began feuding with one another. With the help of the Nexus, Kane was able to bury alive The Undertaker, which would put him out of action for five months. And we have Undertaker's last gimmick change, and that was The Last Outlaw, and that was from April of 2011 to the present time. Undertaker would make his return in April of 2011. Triple H interrupted him, and they both looked at a WrestleMania sign in the arena. Both men did not say one word, but the stare down was one of the most intense moments in wrestling history. Taker would go on to feud with Triple H for WrestleMania 27 and would win that match. The two would have a rematch for the next year in a Hell in a Cell and that was labeled as the end of an era. They were the last two of their generation still going at it. Taker would win yet again. Even though they labeled that match as the end of an era, Taker continued to wrestle. He would put on a classic match with CM Punk at WrestleMania 29. At this point, Undertaker's streak was 21-0. and zero. One year later, and Brock Lesnar was the man to beat the streak at 21-1. and one. Undertaker would still not retire. He came back for four matches in the year of 2015. Finally, in 2016, he had a Hell in a Cell match with Shane McMahon. And Undertaker was victorious. He also returned at the 900th episode of SmackDown. Undertaker said he didn't want WrestleMania to define his legacy, which means he can be returning at the Royal Rumble. Who knows? And that's it, guys. That is the evolution of The Undertaker, a long career that is still going. I hope you guys enjoyed the new series. If you did, please leave a like and share this. Comment down who I should do next because I feel like the series could be something big on this channel. But you guys got to let me know if you want to see more. As always, thanks for watching the video, guys. I hope you all enjoyed it. If you did, please subscribe for more. Also, make sure to follow me on Twitter at Valenplana. Check out my other channel, Official Life Facts, and I'll see you all later. All right, well...
Hope you guys enjoyed that and uh, looking forward to seeing, uh, you know, what memorable thing Undertaker is going to is going to do, you know, at WrestleMania. Uh, yeah, but let's let's before the show ends, let's uh, yeah, let's talk about um, you know what's gonna let's do our predictions for Survivor Series. All right, let's see. Um, let's see. All right, we're gonna have the the traditional Survivor Series. You got Team Raw, which has AJ Styles, Keith Lee, Sheamus, Strowman, and Riddle, formerly known as Matt Riddle, versus Team SmackDown, which has Kevin Owens, Jey Uso, King Corbin, Seth Rollins, and Otis. Hmm, that's a tough one. You know what? I, I'm gonna say Team Raw. Team Raw seems more stacked. They got Keith Lee. They have Braun Strowman. Um, and then well, obviously the you have that gone to the. Well, actually, it's not. They, I wish they they would go to like the full. Make most of these matches Survivor Series matches yeah. instead of like two or three. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, because they're they're trying to make Survivor Series with bragging rights. Yeah. So, yeah. So I I, I got Team Raw. I'm going with Team Raw as well. Yeah, Team Raw is stacked, man. Yeah. I mean, I think Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. I mean, you got mid Carters. You got Ken Corbin. You got Jay Uso, who obviously is a tag team specialist. Um and uh and then you got Otis, who was the money in the bank winner and they just basically stole the, the title from him because they didn't know what to do with him. Uh let me see what else. So then you got the woman's version of Team Raw. You got Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, Lana, Lacey Evans, and Pey- Peyton Royce versus Team SmackDown, which is Bianca Belair. Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, Bailey, and Natalia. Now I was gonna norm. I was gonna originally say Team Raw because you know they got they got Nia Jax. Um, but I, I think uh, Team SmackDown is gonna win because of Bianca Belair. This is gonna be her her moment to to shine. Yeah, I'm gonna go with. Now I'm going with two more again. Okay. I'm going with two more. Yes. Oh, and another thing, Nia Jax is going to put her through a table again. She's not going to wait until Raw. She's going <laughs> to put her through a table again, and and that's going to basically that take her out of the, the, the match. Yeah, I can see that. And then now you're going to get to the, the, the bragging rights. Kind of thing. I mean, obviously the 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 traditional Survivor Series elimination matches, but now you got Bobby Lashley, the Raw United States Champion versus SmackDown Intercontinental Champion Sami Zayn. Uh, I mean, barring Bobby Lashley's sisters attacking him, thanks to Sami's you know their relationship with Sami Zayn, Bobby Lashley is going to destroy him and get revenge for that horrible storyline they had uh, years ago. Yeah, I see Lashley winning this as well. Yeah. 
And yes, um, this championship versus championship match is a non-title match, so it's not a unification match for all of these upcoming matches as well. Uh, New Day, Kofi Kingston, and Xavier Woods, the Raw Tag Team Champions, are going to fight against the Street Profits, Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford, who are obviously the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Hmm. I could see these, this going either way, to be honest with you. But I think I think this Street Profit needs the smoke, so they're gonna get this. They're gonna get this W. The New Day don't need this win. Street Street Profit is gonna win this. Uh, man, this one's tough. But yeah, I agree with you. I think I'm gonna go with Street Profits as well. And I, I'm gonna tell you how it was gonna end too. Montez Ford from the heavens on top of Xavier Woods for the victory. Calling it. It could happen. Then you have then you have Oscar Raw Women's Champion versus Sasha Banks, SmackDown Women's Champion. Uh yeah, and these these two have been feuding a lot, you know, especially when Sasha Banks was a heel when she was allied with Bailey. So they've had this match many times. Or as a matter of fact, probably a few a few months ago or uh, I'm pretty sure they've had that match. So um My my gut is telling me Oscar's gonna win, but I think Sasha needs this victory to like re-solidify herself because you know she's always she's always been she's always been on the short ends of these these type of rivalries, you know, especially as a champion. So I think Sasha is gonna try to reestablish herself as the legit legit boss. So yeah, I'm gonna Sasha. Sasha's gonna win this. I'm yeah, going against too. my gut. Which I, I normally don't advocate. And speaking of advocate, I'm talking about the 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 um the tribal the um tribal chief's counselor Paul Heyman client Roman Reigns, the tribal chief, the SmackDown Universal champion, he's gonna be battling against the new WWE champion of Raw. Drew McIntyre, and obviously this match can go either way. This is what Triple H was mentioning a few weeks ago as this is the few, this is the rivalry that they want um, to be the next Raw. I mean the the Rock and Austin um, rivalry. So as a result, Drew McIntyre pulled an upset, which was only foresaw, foreseen by me and Drew McIntyre. And obviously Vince, <laughs> um, you know, drew drew um, upset Orton, and as a result, he's facing Roman Reigns tonight. I mean, yeah, he's facing Roman Reigns tonight. Champion versus champion, non-title match, and like I was mentioning, mentioning, I could see either either of them winning, but I think Drew, man, I think Drew's gonna win this. He just won the title back. Roman Reigns was talking a lot of smack to him. Unless they're going to fight at WrestleMania, which I don't see it happening next year. I think Drew's going to win. Drew's going to win this. Yeah, this one's tough, but I'm going to go with Roman Reigns winning this one. Okay. It would, it would be a lot uh, more interesting. You know. Yeah. I'm going to go with Reigns. 
Yeah, it would be a lot more interesting if Roman Reigns would win it. It would definitely build a feud if Roman Reigns win it, talks more smack, and then Drew McIntyre is going to have to put that in his rearview mirror until they're both on the same show again. And then, you know, get his revenge that way. Um, yeah, that's basically it. I mean, they're going to have a, a dual brand battle royale, but I mean, the only battle royale we care about is the one that's coming in two months at Royal Rumble. So, you know, so basically, we'll see who the participants are, you know, in that match. Um, but yeah, let's shift. I'm trying to think. Um, I don't think anything else happened on WWE. Um, NXT, um, Leon Ruff, you know, he recently, um, upset, um, uh, Johnny Gargano to become the new champion, the new NXT North American champion. And he had a, he had a title defense match, which he was about to lose to Johnny Gargano, but, uh, Damian Priest purposely knocked out Leon Ruff in order for Leon Ruff to retain the title. Basically, Leon Ruff is a black, um, that guy who was with Carmella, um, trying to think of that guy's name. Oh, um, I let me talk about. I can't remember his, that name, the guy's name. Uh, uh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, he was such a fan favorite, and then they turned him heel. I mean, yeah, I see his face. I just can't remember his name for whatever reason. But you guys know what I'm talking, who I'm talking about. Yeah, I know who you're talking about, definitely. Yeah, I, I just can't remember his name. But in any case, um, he he um he was able to retain it, and you know basically Damian Priest was using him as a pawn in his feud against Johnny Gargano. Um, so basically, um, Leon Ruff, um, you know, spoke to him about how he was embarrassing him backstage, you know, I mean, on the, you know, on the show and, you know, he knocked them out and all that stuff. So he got his revenge on Damien Priest and slapped them and, and told him don't, you know, don't make him into a joke, which I approved of, you know, because, you know, they, he, Damien Priest obviously has a few with, with, um, with um, Johnny Gargano, but he's ba- he's basically um, mocking, you know, uh, Leon Ruff at his expense. You know, he's 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 the butt of the joke. So, the um, that the feud between all three of them is uh, growing now. Um, I'm trying to think what else. What else? It's also a Royal Rumble. Um, looks like. Or battle royal, whatever. Yeah, I said that. We, they don't. They didn't. From what I saw, they didn't mention the participants. Right. So yeah, that was the last thing I said before I moved on to uh, NXT because it, it doesn't say who what the the, the participants are. So we'll we, we'll just have to see tomorrow and uh, actually tonight to see who they're um who's going to um who's going to be um. I forgot what I was going to say. Who's going to be in the, the match tonight? So, um, okay. I, I can't remember what else I was going to... Oh, yes. Pat uh, McAfee and... Um, what was it? What's the name of that group? He, he's with that the, that uh, that British group. 
they they were um basically uh Finn Balor he popped up after he 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 had his uh he he broke two bones in his jaw and he had that fight with uh Kyle O'Reilly from the Undisputed Era. He finally came back to uh talk about, you know, his his reign, uh, you know, as a champion because he wasn't able to defend his title because of his injury. So basically he he um revealed that the Undisputed Era got reunited and they're going to feud with uh Pat McAfee and his uh his group. I forgot the name of his his group. Um, off the top of my head, so yeah, that's basically that. Um, so basically, um, in AEW, uh, John Moxley revealed that his his wife Renee Young, she's you know she's pregnant. So congratulations to her and um, congrats, and uh, you know of course John Moxley also. And um trying to think. Uh what was I gonna say? What else happened? Yeah, um Will Hobbs he turned heel and attacked uh Cody Rhodes and uh Darby Allen and he joins uh Team Taz with uh Ricky Starks and uh Brian Cage. Um trying to think what other anything else memorable happen. Uh basically uh Johnny Moxley is gonna be facing he's gonna be facing uh Kenny Omega uh for the for the um AEW uh championship and um Jericho and uh the inner circle they all partied in uh you know Las Vegas after MJF and Wardlord joined their group. Um so let me see. Um, what else happened? Oh well, NXT they're gonna have the War Games pay per view coming up soon. But uh, yeah, that's basically all I could think of that major that's happening. But uh, before we go quickly, let me see if I could test your knowledge on the the on the the people who who undertake a fought in order. At WrestleMania? Yeah. Let's see if you can remember. Do you remember okay. what was the, f- the first WrestleMania? Yeah, that was uh, WrestleMania 6 against Jimmy Snooker. No, no, not WrestleMania. Was it WrestleMania 6? I think that was WrestleMania 7. Correct. WrestleMania Jimmy. 7. Yeah. Who who was the next person? Let's see if you could do a streak with you remembering all the opponents he had in order. If not, wow. the game will end. Okay, WrestleMania 7. Who was the second opponent? Wow, WrestleMania 7. Um, WrestleMania, well, WrestleMania 7 was J, uh, Jimmy Snooker. Wasn't that, was that? Yeah, Jimmy 7 Snuka. was Snooker. Who was the and second opponent? 8 was Jake the Snake. Yes, 2 and I remember that. What's uh, WrestleMania three? 9 was Giant Gonzalez. That's right, 3 and 0. Oh. What's um, the fourth opponent? WrestleMania... WrestleMania 9 was Yokozuna. Uh, WrestleMania 10. No, no, no. Actually, Wrong. WrestleMania 9 was Giant Gonzalez. I said WrestleMania 9 already. WrestleMania okay. 10 was 
No, but he was in that WrestleMania 10 because that year he was just still buried. So right. WrestleMania 11, it was WrestleMania 11. Well, let me think. WrestleMania 11 was that Diesel? No, WrestleMania 12 was Diesel, I think. Who's his opponent at WrestleMania 11? Damn it. I can't, I can't even... Let me think here. Give me some clues on WrestleMania 11. WrestleMania 11 was in Hartford, Connecticut. It was at the Hartford Civic Center. Uh-huh. Um, this was in 95. Right. Well, give me, like, give me, like, the person, like, a, a, something about the person. Okay, if I give you this, you're going to know. Okay, I'll give you a clue. This guy is tall. Oh, um, you got it now. Um, wait, let me think here. WrestleMania 11. No, WrestleMania. No, WrestleMania. Well, what's the cycle? No, no, no. King Kong Bundy. King Correct. Kong Bundy. WrestleMania 11. Yeah. Correct. And then, and then next year he fought Diesel at 12. Yes. 13 was Sid. Correct. 14. Was that Kane? That, I think that was the one where he fought Kane. Final answer? Yeah, I think Fortune was Kane. Yes, it was Kane. Fifteen. He he infamously tombstone uh, Pete Rose. Right, uh, right. And, and I think 15, he, I, I think he tombstone Pete Rose the year prior to that too, because one of them was in Boston. And I think the other one was in was in Philly. I think. No, yeah. Yeah. So. Fifteen. Uh, well, we got this on the last. On my show, on the on, mm-hmm. on uh, my podcast, fifteen was big boss man. Yep, where he infamously uh, hanged them at the hell in the cell. Yep. Um, what was it? Um, I think after the next one was um, sixteen. I don't think he was in that one. Seventeen, I think. Correct. Was tri- Triple H. Yes. Eighteen, Ric Flair, I think. Correct. Eighteen was like the that was the Hulk Hogan versus Rock, I think. WrestleMania. Correct. Correct. Um, nineteen. I, and in that WrestleMania, he he was ten and zero, and he did the hand thing. Oh yeah, showing, yeah. Showing the streak when they fa- finally re- recognized there was a streak that he had. Right. Uh, WrestleMania nineteen got this also on my show. Um, mm-hmm. um, wait, no, no, wait. What was before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wrestle no, WrestleMania nineteen was a. A train and Big Show. We got that question from the last show. Um, The next year, I think that was King. That was also from the last show we got. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, this was another question from my show. Uh, Randy Orton, WrestleMania um, 21. Correct. Um, Damn. After that, it's... uh, Damn. Damn, what was after that? So Orton was at Richmond. Twenty one was it? Correct. Was it? Who did he face at WrestleMania twenty two? You're uh, thirteen and all right now. Oh yeah, that was all. I'm this being... was also a question. Mark Henry at the yes. thing. Um, Casket. This was. Yep, and then the the year after that, this was also another question from my show. Uh, Batista mm-hmm. for the for the world heavyweight. Right. Um. Oh, this one as well, Edge, the next year. Mm-hmm. 
for in that that was the uh that was also for the world heavyweight. Wasn't that yeah. wasn't that a wasn't that a bad blood match? Or I don't understand something? Was it an edge one? Yeah. Uh, it was a submission match. Oh, okay. All right, so that was the hard ones. And then, you know, after that, it was mm-hmm. just Shawn Michaels and Triple H back-to-back, I think. It was like Shawn Michaels two years in a row, and then Triple mm-hmm. H two years in a row. Right. And then CM Punk, and then yep. Goldberg, or not Goldberg, um, Brock Lesnar. Yep. Um, Who was after Brock Lesnar? Uh, I'm giving you one guess, because I was lenient. You could have been eliminated for that giant, that King Kong one. But I well, I already said Giant Gonzalez beforehand, and then I I, mess, I went back. I messed it up. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm being lenient. Who is this person? You got one guess for this. After Brock Lesnar? Yes. Wow. Was it, so I, think um... you, I think you're going to win, win out after this. Well, there's Bray Wyatt. Shane McMahon after that. Um, then Roman Reigns. When he beat Roman Reigns. Uh, and then, of course, the John Cena uh, several years ago. And then this year, J.J. Styles. I think that's about it. What is yeah. Undertaker's record? You only have one guess quickly. Wow. Dun, dun. Oh. Yeah. What? Um. Twenty-six and one. Twenty-six and one. Is that your final answer? Final answer. I'm sorry, you're incorrect. It's twenty-five and two. Oh. Who is the second loss? Oh, Shane Roman McMahon. Roman Reigns. Oh, Roman yeah, Roman Reigns. Reigns. That's right. <laughs> right. Who, who Undertaker himself said he should have been the guy who he lost to. He should, the streak should have ended with him instead of Lesnar because Lesnar didn't need it because, you know. Oh, he, he yeah, yeah. I forgot about but, that. Yeah. But, I mean, Lesnar's one. I mean, he was credible, a credible person to, to lose to. And apparently it was Vince McMahon's choice to yeah, I forgot Roman beat him. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a good job, man. Yeah. remember yeah. a lot of his, especially his early matches. I remember those. I have a lot of those yeah. on VHS still, on DVD. Yeah. Those are the, 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 you know, the tough parts. So, basically, yeah. you know, you know, you got the, the, the tough parts out. So, yeah, and that's so. Pat yourself on the back, man, and you you, you earned it. Thank you, you earned thank it, and hopefully Undertaker will do something memorable tonight. As you. you know, we bid him farewell. You know, thirty year thirty year anniversary of his debut. So we'll see what happens. Should be good. Yeah, should be. So, anything you'd like to say before we head out? I don't know. Everyone have a good Thanksgiving. Check out my show, I'm Mac. Check your local listings and come back here. Check out Sports Every Legend. Only on Block Talk Radio every Saturdays at 11. Yep, you heard the man. Check out both shows. Uh, check out iMac. Check out Sports Every Legend every Saturdays at 11. 
but we might I might be doing it on Friday night at eleven uh, this upcoming Friday instead. Um, so check it out there. Check out my YouTube channel, Sports Urban Legend TV. Got some new episodes up there, so feel free to check them out. And of course, come back, check out Sports Urban Legend. He's McCauley Matthew. I'm Wayne Ramon. I'll see you guys next week, but this time on Friday. Peace. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.